0: Kirby here. Welcome back to a special edition of Chatterbox Reds. Where we continue each of our previews of the Reds rivals in the NL Central. Uh, today we got a special guest, Brian Kennedy. He's of KMOV. That is the CBS affiliate in St. Louis. A uh, friend of our guy, uh, Chuck Walter, actually. They worked together in Lexington. Actually talked with Brian a little bit about that. So looking forward to everyone getting to hear um, and see that interview. The St. Louis Cardinals, this is a very interesting team. Um, a team last year uh, that finished in last place, lost over 90 games. They still have a really, really solid lineup. Um, I don't know if it's great. Um, I don't think it's bad. Uh, I, I think they have potential to be great. I don't know. It, it's it's a weird lineup. It's a weird lineup of uh, some really, really good young players like Jordan Walker and Nolan Gorman and you know possibly guys like Mason Wynn, some aging veterans like Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. Uh, but the big question for the Cardinals is their pitching. Uh, their pitching was just really, really terrible last year. Uh, they were very aggressive, three starting pitchers. Now, the three starting pitchers, two of them, are they are they past their prime in Gibson and, and Lynn? Well, yeah, they're past their prime, but are they really, really past their prime? That's kind of the, the question that we'll have to uh, uh, find out this year. And then their bullpen, uh, they got some good pieces, but you look up and down that bullpen and you go, I mean, I, I just don't know if that's uh, really enough. So I don't know this St. Louis team. They are picked by uh, just about every betting site to win the NL Central. They're picked by just about uh, every uh, procrastinator to, you know, be the favorite in the NL Central. Um, but as we've said a million times, this NL Central is just crazy competitive. Uh, I personally could see any of the five teams winning uh, the division. I can see just about any of them uh, finishing at least fourth um, or worse. So. We'll have to see, Uh, but I did really enjoy this interview with Brian Kennedy. We'll get to that in just a second. But of course, I want to tell you about our proud sponsor. That is DSC. Deep South Commodities is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuel production. They specialize in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. And thanks so much, as always, to our friends at DSC who help us do everything we do here at Chatterbox Sports and Chatterbox Reds. All right. Well, before we get to this interview, reminder that on Saturday, that is yes, February 24th, that is Reds first spring training game. We will be live on Chatterbox Reds on YouTube, of course on Chatterbox Sports. So we'll go live in the ninth inning just for the first spring training game. We won't do live post-game shows for every spring training game. We're not that insane, but we will have podcasts, audio only after every single spring training game up early in the morning, just like we did last year. Um, and then, of course, when the season starts, we will have uh, live shows in the ninth inning of every single game. So looking forward to getting that started. All right, without further ado, uh, here's our interview with Brian Kennedy talking about the St. Louis Cardinals. All right, I am joined now by Brian Kennedy. He is of KMOV, that's CBS, out in St. Louis. Uh, Brian is out uh, on the job, of course, with St. Louis uh, City SC their uh, MLS team uh, Brian how you doing
1: doing well doing well man their, their worst days is sit on a soccer pitch and wait for an interview while also doing a
0: podcast So I'm, I'm, I'm
1: not bad at all
0: well thanks for uh, for double dipping with us today uh, tell Reds fans well, before we get into talking about the St. Louis Cardinals just a quick little bit about yourself
1: yeah, man. So I'm actually originally from uh, Owensboro, Kentucky, w- uh, Grew born and raised there, went to Apollo High School. Rex Chapman is probably the most famous graduate from Apollo High School. Uh, went to University of Kentucky, graduated from there, uh, worked there for a little while as an admissions counselor. Met my wife, who's actually from Cincinnati, coincidentally, lifelong Reds fan, uh, suffering Reds fan, as she would say. Uh, and then uh, we moved to Mississippi for my first job, moved back to Lexington for my second job, and now we're here in St. Louis for my third job.
0: And you worked with the guy Chuck Walter for a little bit?
1: Yeah, Chuck. He, he worked at us. So he worked at the NBC station, and I was the sports director at the ABC station there in Lexington, but Chuck and I are, and our past, often out of the Doing stuff exactly like
0: this. Was there like some anchoring rivalry? There was. <laughs>
1: there was, there and wasn't. it was mainly just make sure I have my space, he has his space. Now we, we were great. We all got along. We, I remember every Friday night after high school football, we'd all grab a beer at at uh, Old Chicago. Those those were the good old days. Uh, but yeah, no, everyone was super cool. He's he's a good guy too.
0: Well, be sure to check out Chuck on uh, Chatterbox Chatterbox Bearcats. No self promotion here. All right. uh well, Brian, I, I got to ask you one question because I know we have a lot of Kentucky fans. What's your thoughts on the Kentucky basketball oh, team this year? Oh,
1: man. How, how much time do you have? Uh, <laughs> I'll put it like this, man. It's good to be back in the conversation. But early in the season, I was reminded of why these young teams are so freaking frustrating because you just – you never know what you're going to get, right? One game, they're like, like we can hang another ban- banner. Next game, we're like, we may not make a tournament. so it's, it's like those highs and lows. I mean, that Auburn game was amazing. I had to work during the Auburn game. I actually came back and watched it that night, and I was like, all right, this team, this team can win it all. Here we go again. I guess I'm, I'm along for the ride, but it's just nice to be back in the conversation. The last few years, they've been honestly irrelevant. Um, Oscar Sheboy was great to have, but other than him, they've been essentially irrelevant. So It's good to have those like old-school Cal freshmen back, but it's, it's <laughs> each game is a roller coaster. The season in and of itself is a roller coaster too. All
0: right. Well, let's talk about the St. Louis Cardinals. I, I can't even believe I'm saying this. 71 and 91 last year. Um, they only finished with a lower winning percentage two times ever since 1924. First time they've ever finished last in the NL Central. First time last in the division since 1990. I had to get all that out because I'd never know when I'm gonna be able to say something like that again because they're projected to just about everywhere to win the NL Central this year. I want to know what's the vibes like in St. Louis with Cardinals fans around this, this team that had such a disappointing year last year, but there's quickly high hopes again for this season.
1: Yeah, and I'll even go back to two years ago. So two years ago, you had Yachty's kind of curtain call, right? His, his last season, you had pool holes that came back. He hits 700. Yachty walks off to the sunset. You make the playoffs. You win in El Central. You lose because you essentially implode against the Phillies in that, you know, that first first round. But you had a season that was, I mean, all around it was fun. In a simple word, it was fun. And then last season was just miserable, right? You keep thinking, like, when they're going to turn around, when they're going to turn around. The thing in baseball, you don't just find good pitching. Either you have it or you don't. And the Cardinals didn't have it. And that's why day one through five, one through six, you know, was was rough. Miles Michaelis was supposed to be your ace. And he did not have a good season. He was an all-star two years ago. Last season, he he admittedly knows it wasn't good enough. Wayno was was nearly unplayable at times, right? You couldn't even put him in there. It was eight one in the first inning, and you're thinking, Well, I, I guess we gotta go to somebody somebody else, right? And then you're trying to fill in with guys like Dakota Hudson and, and, and you know, Andre Pallante and these other guys. And it just didn't work. Jack Flarity experiment blew up in their face again. Um, so now you have this year, you signed Sonny Gray. I want to say semi-excitement for people on the, on the signing of Sonny Gray. I think Cardinals fans wanted a bigger name. I can't say I blame them. You know, Gray wasn't even the twins ace. So, He's gonna come in and essentially be the number one for the Cardinals. People want it higher. And then from there you're gonna have Mike, Lis, Lynn, Gibson. And then there's still kind of TBD on who that fifth guy is. I know they're even in spring training talking about maybe even having a six man rotation where you're gonna give some young guys like Zach Thompson a, a try. You know, he's actually a Kentucky guy. Coincidentally, I covered him. You're gonna see if he if he has the stuff. Matthew Libertor is a guy you got in a trade, you know, that people feel like you didn't get enough in return. So the thing I've learned about Carlos fans is they are smart, but also they expect greatness from from opening pitch until they're lifting another trophy. So I mean there there's hope, but also people are very frustrated that they did not get a leading man pitcher like everyone wanted.
0: So the biggest question, and I, I don't know if you really even have an answer to this, is so they, they got Gray, Gibson, and Lynn. I don't remember a whole lot of teams that went out and signed three. Mm -hmm. Free agent starting pitchers, and they're projected to be in the rotation. Did they get enough pitching?
1: I want to say, I mean, you know, Mo said when the before the offseason even started, he's like, We're going to get three pitchers. That's what he said. Um, I mean, I mean, to go get three guys, which you know, Lynn was here before, so he's new, but he's not new, right. But Gibson and Sonny are new. So, I mean, you're essentially inserting three guys into a rotation and telling them to go win games, right? And we saw how Lynn did last year. It was – I mean, it was not good. I mean, the last picture of him was guys going yard off of him in the playoffs, right, when he was with the Dodgers. So, I think they have enough. But the question is, will they be good enough, right? Is Sonny Gray a day – he's going to be the opening day starter, but will you trust him when, you know, when the fall comes around and hopefully you're in a playoff game, is he the guy you want? I mean, if you remember two years ago, Jose Quintana was the Cardinals' playoff game one starter. He wasn't even on the team before the trade deadline. So, I mean, so much can change. But the question is, can Sonny Green, those guys, be good enough? I think they have the bodies. They have the form bodies. But I guess the question is, will they be good enough?
0: So two guys that uh... – at times were really, really good last year and still crazy young. Nolan Gorman, only 23, Jordan Walker, 21. Talk about those guys and in, in their progress and the Cardinals hopes for them this season.
1: So I, I didn't go to spring training this year. I went last year, right? And that was before Jordan Walker was named on the open day roster. I remember standing next to him. If you think of like the biggest human being you've ever met, Jordan Walker is there, his thighs were the size of my head and i have a really big head so it was just like watching him take bp and just hit rockets so when he was successful you know he's he's going on hitting streaks when he was successful like i no one was surprised because that's what he was supposed to do i think what people don't talk about is his parents went to mit and harvard so not only is he a physical specimen He's also extremely smart. I think he had offers from Duke before he, you know, ended up going going the minor league route. And Nola Gorman was another guy, which Cardinals are all about, you know, draft, develop, and bring them up. Nola Gorman is another guy. He's had some back problems, which has been unfortunate. But he's another guy that, when he's healthy. He's great, and he and you can move around in the infield. He played different positions last year, and his bad as what helps you the most, he can you know he could be you know inserted in different parts of the lineup and still produce. So those two guys have been fun to watch, and then obviously Mason Wynn is another young guy that is probably get his first full season up in the big leagues that uh, should be fun to watch as well.
0: Well, I had, I had Mason Win on my uh, my list Sorry, of players. That that, no, no, we'll we'll jump right to him. Uh, so obviously he's a guy that the Cardinals have a lot of of faith and didn't really get a whole have a whole lot of success in his, his limited appearances mm-hmm. last year. I mean are the Cardinals expecting him to take a big leap in twenty twenty-four?
1: Yeah, I think he I mean he, he's gonna be your shortstop. I think he's I think that's his position to lose. I think they're hoping hoping Brendan Donovan is healthy enough to play second. So Mason Wynn is probably gonna be your opening day shortstop. I think the only good thing about being so bad last year is you're able to bring him up And he was able to take those bumps and bruises when honestly wins and losses didn't really matter. Right. Second half of last season. I mean, you were done. You were so whenever you're so at the trade deadline, you're essentially putting yourself in your own grave. Right. So the season was over at the trade deadline. So I remember when the trade deadline passed, the first question we had from was was all right. When's wind coming? Cause uh, it it just made sense. You know, your wins and losses don't matter. You might as well insert a young guy, get him, you know, get him to learn this year that way this year, when hopefully you're a contender again, he's ready to go. And so, I mean, you know, the, the one thing I've learned from baseball, these guys talk about it, is how hard it is from game to game because they start getting so much film on you and these pitchers know you and these batters know you and how hard it is. So, I mean, you can expect when to struggle again, but I think his good is going to be good enough and long enough where he's going to be fine. He's another exciting guy to watch. He's he's fast and he's really good.
0: So Nolan Arenado had a, had a pretty good, drastic down year pretty surprising um for him uh Paul Goldschmidt I guess you could say he had a down year but his numbers still actually look pretty good right. um those guys what what, where are they at with bouncing back
1: yeah man the thing with those guys is they're so good at what they do and also they're so locked in I mean I know baseball it's a decent amount but you get in conversation with those guys and you're just like Oh, that's why you're a future Hall of Famer. Makes sense because you're 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 like going defense. I mean, I, they I have no doubt they're going to bounce back. I know one of probably one of the most PO'd off people in the locker room last year was Nolan Arenado because he just wants to win. He's a he's a competitive, so cliche. Obviously, everybody wants to win, but he was there were so many games where he was just mad, right? Just mad that they lost, mad they gave up. You know, he was a big reason why they went out and made some of these moves. He was like, I want to be here, but I don't want to be here and lose, right? So I, I expect, go I mean, Goldie was MVP two years ago. So, I mean, I guess there's nowhere to go but down for him last season, right? Uh, but, I mean, I expect those guys to produce I mean, they're, they're your, I mean, watching those guys go back and forth in, in BP and then also when they're out fielding and Arnato just snags a ball and chucks it across the field with, almost with his eyes closed and it's right on the money. it's. It's one of the – yeah, I took it for granted probably more than I should in seeing him work, but I have no doubt that those two guys will bounce back easily.
0: So it was just – I remember 2021 on opening day, Dylan Carlson was making his big league debut and was such a big piece of the Cardinals. Right now kind of looks like he doesn't even have a a spot in the everyday lineup. Where is he at right now?
1: He does. I remember last year, so trade deadline day from our – perspective is so was so weird last year because you're like, who's going? And if you remember Dylan Carlson at the top of the list, the Yankees were on the list of teams that, that were looking at him. And I remember we saw him in the clubhouse that day. We're like, oh, why is Carlson here? He, he may get traded today. Like, I can't believe he's here. And then when he didn't get traded, everyone was like, oh, he's he's staying, because people thought he was going to be a piece because I mean you know, if you look at the roster, they have a lot of, you know, outfielders. Tommy Edmond is going to be your center fielder, Walker and left, Newbar and right. So there was essentially you, you dealt O'Neill, right? If You know, it wasn't until the offseason, but you dealt O'Neill. Carlson was another guy you think you'd get someone for. So I was shocked to see him still here. He's a great guy. We love talking to him, and he's also a really good player. i um, surprised to see that he's still in St. Louis because I feel like he was a piece you can move. But I think he's probably going to come in hungrier, after being that chip that was going to be possibly moved. So I'm excited to see what, with him, but I mean, with a lot of these guys and just like Carlson, it's how long can you stay healthy? I mean, child O'Neill's his inability to stay healthy is what kind of gave him a one-way ticket out of St. Louis. Right. So you hope Carlson who's younger can also be successful and kind of show that he can stay healthy and produce at the same time.
0: All right. I'm looking at fan projection for the Cardinals lineup and they have Lars Newpar, Projected to bat third after a really impressive year last year. Are you buying the Lars Newtbar hype?
1: International superstar, Lars Newtbar is what we call him. Uh, it's so hard with a guy like that because he's so nice and he's so great to talk to, uh, to criticize him. But like I can't, you know, I, I, buy, I mean, if you see, he's gotten better every year, right? I mean, I remember talking to him two seasons ago when he was just getting called up and kind of playing that, back and forth game between triple a and the cardinals and last year he's up all year starts all year he also had some back problems i remember he hit the hit the back style or hit the outfield wall once kind of messed up his back for a while but i buy it one i mean he he works hard he's great he's he's great to talk to you love guys like that they're not only great on the field but also great and kind of explaining the game what they want off the field so i have the utmost confidence in him but also i'm biased because i really like him i'll admit it (laughs) he's really great to talk to but I have the utmost confidence that he can be successful and continue this upward trend that he's on right now. All
0: right, so Ollie, Mar- Ollie Marmol and uh, Wilson Contreras had a little bit of a beef last year. Is that completely squashed? Is that something that, that you think is all in the past?
1: That that entire deal where he got like moved to outfield and then the DH was so strange, man. That You paid this guy tens of millions of dollars and gave him a long-term contract, and then all of a sudden – you know, the pitching staff has turned on him and he's all of a sudden like, not your starting to catcher anymore. So that was a disaster. Uh, it's still funny that it even happened. I, it seems like it squashed. I think it was squashed pretty early on. The one thing about this, I think guys are pretty professional. I say it was squashed. Tyler O'Neill and Ali Marmol got into it like the second week of the season. If anybody he, like he didn't run through third base to score, and I don't think that was ever squashed. But I think, this, I think this is squash. I think Contreras is, is ready to go. That entire old last year. I mean, when you're bad, right, everything is going wrong, right? When you're losing, it makes everything worse. You're, you're not trusting your previous move. So I think this year it's going to be fine now if they come out like 2-10, and 10, right? You're starting with the Dodgers. You know, you were going to see Yamamoto and those guys early. You're going to be that, you know, your starting series, which is not the best place to start. But I think I think they'll be fine. Um, winning curls, 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 curls are, but also losing can kind of ruin all too. So we'll see what happens. But I think they've squashed and I think everybody's good to go.
0: All right. One prospect to ask you about uh, Victor Scott Jr. looks like a really exciting uh, outfield prospect. Have you heard anything about him and maybe where he hits into the fits into the Cardinals plans?
1: I think the hope is that we may see him at some point this year. Um, Cardinals have so many guys, really. You know, that's that's what they do is have these young guys. But Victor Scott is he's fast. You can have that guy. I mean, if you think of what what hurt the Cardinals last year is they could not score with runners in scoring position. Right? It was brutal. If you have a guy like Victor Scott who can get on base and steal you a base or two and get you in a better position, get that guy on third, move some guys over. I think he. I think he could be a big part. Um, problem oh, is you have so many great outfielders, guys that can play. I mean, you know, you're talking Dylan Carlson. You don't even know where he's going to play, right? So, where does a guy like Victor Scott. But as we've seen with baseball, when you play that many games, there's going to be injuries. So, I think we'll see him at some point win. And for how long? That's C B D, But I think we'll see him at some point this year. He's he's just too good. He's just, you know, a lot of those guys at some point, Gorman, Wynn, Walker, they just become too good to keep them in AAA. You know, even a guy like Yvonne uh, Herrera, the backup catcher, Moe Boseo said he can't do anything else with triple A. So he got rid of Kisner and, and is bringing up a rare. You just have all these guys. You eventually have to give them a chance. And I think this year at some point, Victor Scott's gonna get a chance.
0: All right. Last question for you, Brian. Really appreciate your time. Uh what has to go right for the St. Louis Cardinals to win the NL Central this year?
1: I mean, they have they have I mean it's pitching. If I mean if we learned last year that it doesn't matter who you have up to bat if you're giving up three, two, three-run leads late in the game. I mean, even Giovanni Gallegos at one point had the most blown saves, I think, in the league last year. So even when you did have pitching innings one through eight, you, you were blowing them in, in inning nine. So, I mean, it's it's what it's going to come down to. I think, I think Sonny Gray is going to be good enough to be your number one guy. Is he going to, you know, come out and throw seven, eight shutout innings? Maybe not. But I think he's going to be good enough to keep this team in the running and Mike Liss, I think he's going to have a bounce back year. It's going to be really the big question is what the second half of that rotation looks like, but I think they're going to be fine. We'll see. Baseball is a crazy sport, man. It's it's what I've learned is you just, you don't know what's going to happen, but I think they're going to be fine. I don't, I think they could, win they're central, but I mean, you know, so much we don't know about the, about the division until you get, you know, a couple months in, but I think they'd have a good a shot as anybody else.
0: All right, Brian, really appreciate your time. Thanks so much.
1: No problem, man. Thanks
0: for having me. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. We really appreciate everyone who continues to support us. If you have not yet subscribed to Chatterbox Reds on your favorite podcast platform, you're going to want to make sure you do that now because during spring training and the regular season, we are the only Cincinnati Reds podcast that has new episodes after every single game. And we'll have plenty of additional content leading up to that. I also ask that you please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Can't tell you how much that really helps us to grow the show and continue to bring you more great content. Also, make sure you subscribe to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. There's where you can join us live after every single Reds game and be a part of the conversation for all of our live shows. Hit that bell up in the top right corner on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. You'll get alerts and notifications on your phone whenever we go live. All right, before we let you go, I do want to tell you about some of the other great content that we have for you here on Chatterbox Sports. First off, our flagship show that is Off the Bench. Host Trace Fowler is uh, on every single day, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. They talk all things sports, so be sure to check out Off the Bench on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube, also available everywhere you get podcasts. Then there's Chatterbox Bearcats. That's with Charlie Walter and his friend Houdini. They host a show covering UC sports. They go live on YouTube after every single UC basketball game. And you can find Chatterbox Bearcats everywhere that you get podcasts. Those guys also do another podcast called The Chatter Podcast, which is a little bit of sports, but a whole lot of fun. Be sure to check that out everywhere you listen to podcasts. That's called The Chatter we also have additional content on YouTube. Reed and Elliot are doing a new little series called Chatterbox Reacts, where they're doing some short videos about some of those interesting topics in sports. So that's of course on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. We have the Chatterbox shop. That's on chatterboxsports.com. We have all kinds of great merchandise for you. Uh, some Reds gear, some 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 chatterbox stuff, some just fun and interesting creations that they've come up with, all kinds of great shirts for everyone. Be sure to check out the Chatterbox Shop. That's on ChatterboxSports.com. We are uh, at CBox Sports. That's at box Sports on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, also known as X. We are Chatterbox Sports on Facebook, putting up a lot of content on there. So you can follow us on whatever platform that you like. you also have some really cool additional content in the works, and some members-only streams. That's on our YouTube page on Chatterbox Sports. Links to all that stuff that I talked about. All the Chatterbox Sports shows and everything else is in the episode notes today, so be sure to check that out. Well, thanks again for tuning in. Hope that you have a fantastic day, and as always, and most importantly, Go Reds!